Let's pray together. Father, we desire to adore you this evening, Lord, and to recognize that not only are you glorious and holy, Lord, but you are willing to meet us here and to speak into our lives. And so we are open and invite you to do just that, Lord, that our time here would be enriched with your presence and an awareness that you are speaking. Father, may we have ears to hear. Thank you for this time. We ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Good evening. Good to see you guys here. We are going to continue in our conversation on image. We've been talking about the image of God and how we have been created in God's image. We've been talking about the image of God and what it means to bear God's image, how we have been created in his image, and that image is something that is to reflect in every aspect of our being. We've talked about it being from our actions, the things we do, to our soul, the way we think, and even our spirit is all supposed to be a reflection of how God would be. We've been created in his image in in totality, not just in partiality. And last week we saw that another way that we could convey the image of God was through compassion, and that compassion was an active force. It, It wasn't something that you just think, oh, compassion, you just feel but it was actually something that caused us to move. Remember, Jesus saw the crowd with compassion, and so then he acted. And we are supposed to show God in that way as well, being people of compassion, people of action, and not people who are apathetic. Apathy is surrendering that power that you have and doing nothing, where compassion is taking the concern or the empathy that you have and actually doing something. And today we're going to talk about how we reflect the image of God in the choices that we make. From the very beginning in Genesis, the whole narrative of Genesis is all about the freedom to choose. And what's amazing is from the garden, we see that God has given humanity, this ability to choose. And and right from the start, Adam and Eve made the wrong choice, right? They had so many right choices. It's not like they only had two choices. You know, well, there's the good choice and there's the bad choice. No, any tree you can eat of. So there was like hundreds of good choices, but then there was the one bad choice. And that bad choice caused a fall of, of all creation. And you would think after that, God would just say, okay, that didn't work, scratch that, let's try again. But we constantly see throughout this narrative, God giving opportunity for more and more choices. Throughout scripture, there is an understanding that choice is a responsibility that we have because we have been created in God's image. In fact, the greatest tool that we have, the greatest gift, if you want, that mankind has is the ability to choose, but it is also the greatest curse. But it is by this freedom to choose that we are now able to reflect the image of God probably more than anything else. 
And it's important that we recognize that, that we take responsibility for these choices. And we don't surrender them and think, well, you know, I don't need to worry about that. There are a couple of sayings that drive me crazy whenever I hear them. And you guys have heard them too. This is one of them. Everything happens for a reason. Right? And you see, doesn't that sound, doesn't that make you feel good? Well, there's a reason. And it's meant to feel, make you feel good, but it's totally wrong. It, it, the reason you feel good is now taking away this power that God has given you to choose and saying it doesn't matter what you choose because everything happens for a reason. Or God knows. As if, well, God knows, so it's okay. Well, sometimes God knows and God wants it to change. You see, when I hear someone say everything happens for a reason, what I don't hear is that what has happened is because of decisions that have been made. And now you have to face the consequences of those decisions. When I hear everything happens for a reason, I feel like a person is saying, don't worry about the wrong choices you've made because God's going to make them all good choices in the end. And that's just not true. If we don't understand that there are choices that we make that can have long-term consequences in our life, we will never fully understand what it means to be created in God's image. And we will relinquish the responsibility of his image because we don't want to take charge. And we need to be careful that we don't do that. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, we're, we're coming to this place where there's the declaration before the, the children of Israel are going to go into their land of promise. And we see in verse 19, we'll start. It says, Today I invoke heaven and earth as a witness against you, that I have set life and death, blessing and curse before you. Therefore, choose life so that you and your descendants may live. I also call on you to love the Lord your God, to obey him and be loyal to him, for he gives you life and enables you to live continually in the land that the Lord has promised to give you to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so here is this declaration that he is invoking heaven and earth as a witness against you. Now, what does that mean? I mean, a witness against you. Doesn't that sound ominous? When there's a witness against you, I think you're on trial and I'm picturing, you know, there's a surprise witness. No, who is it? Someone has some secret information. They're going to come up and they're going to, yes, we saw them. Here is the gun, the smoking gun or whatever, the witness against you. Well, the witness against us is both spiritual and it's both physical. The witness against us is the responsibility and the consequences to the choices that we make. 
The witness against us is telling us that you will reap what you sow. It is how God has set the world in motion, set creation in motion. There are consequences that he is a moral being who has a right and a wrong. But notice that he doesn't say, I choose right or choose wrong. It's choose life or else you choose death. Now that sounds even more dramatic. Oh no. You know, I could make a wrong choice, you know, that was, I shouldn't have bought those orange sneakers, you know, that was the wrong choice. But life and death, that is much more serious. Because the consequences to our choices are that serious. And so he's giving us this picture telling us we have the ability to choose because it's the responsibility that we have, not just between right and wrong, but between life and death. To think that my decisions can lead to the destruction of my life is sobering. I was reading some research that they are doing on Adverse Childhood Experiences, ACE, that they call it. And what they're finding out is that a lot of the illnesses that play on people as they get older actually come from these adverse childhood experiences that they've had. And they're finding that Kaiser is starting to do this where the doctors, the physicians are actually now beginning to ask questions about your childhood because it has a serious connection to your health even as you get older. And there's like 10 questions that they ask. And they ask when you were 18 years or younger, you know, they'll ask you if you were molested. They'll ask you if you were beaten or physically abused, if you were neglected, if you experienced, you know, a parent leaving or abandoning you or divorce or suicide. And, and you go through this list of questions and depending on your answer, they give you a number from one to 10. If you answer 10, it means you had a lot of junk happen to you when you were young. And the higher that number is, they're finding the higher the opportunity for illness mentally as well as physically to take shape in your life all because of choices that happened somewhere when you were younger and maybe not even your choices but the choices of other people that have an effect on the longevity of your life and so when moses says i set before your lord says i set before you you know death and life choose he's not just being dramatic He's actually calling things as they are. Because through your choices, that is the principal way that we are able to, in fact, reflect God's image. Choices are the most powerful way you choose God's reflection. Choices will last much longer than your promises. People make promises, say, oh, I'll never do that again. Your choices will last longer than your promises. And if you don't connect your words to your deeds, then 
you do not reflect well God, but more importantly, you are taking a step in an unhealthy direction towards death. Your choices are your voice to the world and to the people around you. And let's face it, the way choices show up most is in our relationships. I mean, yeah, we can make choices that affect us. I'm choosing to eat too much. You know, that affects me. But the way we really see the consequences of choices are usually in our relationships and and how we interact with people, how we deal with conflict. Because you're going to have conflict. Are you going to be enraged? Are you going to be embittered? Are you going to become defensive? Are you going to shut out the relationship? I remember years ago, I was just out of high school and I started dating this girl. Her name was Melissa. And she was cute and I liked Melissa. What I knew of her, I didn't know her, but I liked her because she was cute. You know, that was all I knew of her at the time. And I remember going out with her one time and I remember going out with some friends and she really just kind of treated my friends badly. She was just kind of rude to them and and how she acted to them. I felt like, wow, that wasn't very cool. And, you know, all of a sudden I'm thinking, wow, I don't know, she's cute, but man, that that was kind of ugly. I didn't really appreciate that. And and then we went out again and there were some other people who were hanging out and they kind of did the same thing that Melissa did before. Well, they were kind of rude to us. And after we were driving and I was taking her home, she goes, man, I can't believe how rude those people were. You know, they did this and they did this and she was going on. And I thought, this is it. This is my opportunity to bring to her attention <laughs> that she did the exact same thing to my friends earlier. And so I thought, this is wise from God, you know. And so I said, well, you know what? I mean, it's funny you would say that because that's exactly what you did. Because only a couple of nights ago, remember when we were out with my friend Mike and his girlfriend, and and you said this and this, and and you said the same thing. And boy, the door just shut. And and, I mean, I could see the expression in her face. It just changed. Boom. And and I dropped her off at her house, and I might as well have been dropping her off at a train station, and and she was just leaving and just waving goodbye to me and saying, yes, I will never see you again. Goodbye. Because that area of conflict, she just said, no. No. I will not listen to you talk to me in that way. And so you're dead to me, basically, because I never saw Melissa again. That was it. Because we had this area of conflict and she just would not resolve it. And so that relationship died because of a choice not to deal with it in, in a healthy way, in a constructive way. You see, Those are the things that we have to choose and how to deal with it. And so, you know, I might be having a a dialogue with my wife. I'm interacting with her. And I have a voice in my head. You know, says, you should say this. Then another voice in my head says, don't say that. That would be a foolish thing to say right now. And my other voice says, but it's funny. And the other voice says, it's funny to you, but it won't be funny afterwards. Don't 
say that. And so I have to make that choice of what I'm going to do. Am I going to just react? Am I going to be impulsive? Am I going to say something that will cause hurt and harm to the relationship? Am I going to do something that will cause hurt and harm to the relationship? Or am I going to make a choice that leads to something that builds and brings health to the relationship? Because what we do doesn't just affect us, it affects everyone around us. I mean, I was jokingly talking about eating, but even if I were to just not care about what I eat, it would affect the people around me. It would affect my wife. If I die early because I'm overweight, it affects my family. I mean, it affects my health, which affects my availability to be in other people's lives. I mean, we, we're all connected to each other. And we have to make the conscious choice that I'm not going to do something that will hurt someone else or I will not make someone choose to do something that later on they will regret doing. I'm not going to provoke someone to respond or to do something in a way that later on they'll look back and they say, I'm sorry that I said that. I'm sorry that I did that. That is my ability to use the choices I have to affect the world around me and the people around me. And you see, why I hate sayings like everything happens for a reason is because it makes it sound like we're all going to end up where we're supposed to be no matter what we do. And that's just not true. What you choose has a dramatic effect on you, your future, and the future that God wants for you. And so there's two things that I want to look at. I want to look at what God's desire is for you and also what God's grace is. And so we're going to call them, where's my chalk? One is going to be hope. And the other is going to be grace. And hope, you guys are familiar with Jeremiah 29, 11. Okay? I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, to prosper you, not to bring harm, thoughts to bring you a future and a future with a hope. God has a desire for your life, one that is filled with hope. His desire isn't to bring harm, but it's to, to prosper you, to see you live fully. That's the desire that God has for each one of us. It's the same desire that a parent has for their kids. I desire my kids to do well. I desire them to, to make a good living and to live a good life, to have a, a good family and to be content in those things. That's my desire for them. That's my hope for them. But then what happens if my kids make choices and they do things along the way that start tearing away what my hope is for them? Because that's exactly what happens to us, isn't it? We make choices. We do things. And the desire and the hope that God has for us, we find ourselves missing that mark and failing. And it's not like, well, this is God's perfect will. Oh, no, now you've blown it. And so you have to settle for another will. I Whatever God's perfect will was, I blew it like when I was four, okay? 
I mean, and I've blown it like every month after that. So whatever that perfect will, it's long gone. But God still has a hope and a desire for my life and for your life. So what do we do when we come to those places of brokenness? What do we do when we come to that place where I made the wrong choice and it destroyed that relationship and I, I did the wrong thing? Well, we have God's grace. And so we have here Romans 8.28, another verse everyone's familiar with, right? All things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And what that verse is not saying is it doesn't matter what you do. It's all going to be good. What that verse is saying is God's desire for you is this. And when you break it, God will take you from where you're at and will work with your life there. But it does not mean you will not endure the consequences of your decision. So many times when you're talking to someone who made a mistake, you know, they they lost their business because of, you know, uh, foolishness or they abused drugs and now they're they're having to recover and they're just wanting it to be done. Whatever that decision is, they're saying, man, why can't it just be over? Why can't I be done with it? Well, God's grace is finding you there, but your choices have laid a foundation that God has to now work from to rebuild your life. And now God is dealing with the consequences of your choices and has to reconstruct those things. When my kids were small, Lauren and Allie would be in their room playing with their dolls and stuff. And then one of my boys would go in there and say, can I play too? And they go, oh boy, one of the boys wants to play with us. Okay, yeah, of course you can play. They'd come in and they'd trash the whole place. And they go, "Ah, mom, dad, you know, they just destroy it because they're being jerks and they're being boys and they'd go and they thrash the place. And so whatever they had built, whatever playhouse or thing they had done, they'd have to start over. Why? Because they just came in and made a mess of it. And we do that with our lives sometimes. It doesn't mean that God isn't involved or can't be involved. God's grace picks us up wherever We are at God has a hope that we won't make those destructive decisions, those bad choices. But when we do, God is there to build our lives right there and take us and lead us further on. You see, sometimes the reasons things happen are because of the choices we make. I posted that once on Instagram. I said, the reason, when it says everything happens for a reason, and sometimes the reason is because you're stupid and you made a stupid decision. And as harsh as that sounds, that is a reality if we would understand. Maybe we could stop making stupid decisions. Maybe we could choose life because every time we make those decisions, we don't just make a wrong choice we kill ourselves in a sense. But the great news about Jesus is he takes the death that would stay upon us and he puts it on himself so that we can have hope. So that we can say, I'm not stuck in a graveyard. I can actually still find hope in what God has for me. And and that's what we need to move forward in. 
is not confuse God's hope and God's grace and understand the responsibility still of those choices. And so I wanted to make an illustration for you. And so I've got this table here, and we're going to bake a cake. Okay? Well, sort of. And so with this, we have the decisions we make. And in these decisions, we have some basic things. This is flour. It's enriched flour. Sorry, it's not organic. It's just, that's what we had. And so, this is just some of the foundational things that you have in life. It's the good choices you make. And so, you, you put a put a little flour in to start, because I think you use flour to make a cake. My daughter would be up here, and she would know, and she's going to be cringing in the back. But... Those are some of the things that you do. Okay, flour, that's part of the ingredients. And then, so you might also need, you know, some oil. You need some oil, that's part of, use oil, right? And Okay. So you got some oil. This is vegetable oil. Don't know if that's the kind of oil you use. But this is just oil that you use. You know, you're, you're considerate to people. It's just something that you're doing. These are daily choices that you make. It's just a little oil in the cake. It just makes things a little smoother, right? A little nicer. And And then... There are some other things that you do, like, you know, your, you don't, you show up to work on time every day, right? It's cornstarch. There. I showed up to work. And so, I got some, do you use cornstarch in flour? No. Well, you do this cake. Okay. You know, <laughs> well, and, and here's some baking powder, okay? Everyone, all the ladies are going, yes, okay. Again, just some choices you make, you know. I made a good choice, had some baking flour in my cake. And so it's part of the ingredients of a, a good life, a rich life. And, and, you know, some of the choices you make are more important than others. Truthfulness. Being truthful. There's an egg. Okay. Yep, there goes the egg. Okay. That was a good choice you made. You made, you know, you're truthful and you're a person of integrity. That's a good choice. It's a good ingredient into your cake. And then, you know, you're a sweet person. So you would add sugar, but instead of using sugar, I'm going to use some M&M's. I don't want to make a mess with the sugar, but you understand. And this is just you love people, right? You're a loving person. There's some sweetness for you. Okay, just add some sugar because it goes with love. And so I'm a loving person. I'm making some good decisions. All these things are adding up, you see, to make the kind of cake that you want, that I want, okay? I want M&Ms in my cake. And then, you know... There's the other decisions you make. This is, I don't know, cylinder lubricant oil. <laughs> I found it in my truck. I don't know. And so you, you allow some bitterness to be a part of your life. There's, that's what it does. You just add a little lubricant, you know, there to the cake. Just because you were a little bit bitter towards something. Or, or you know, not ever, all the decisions are bad decisions, but some decisions are just wrong at the wrong time. 
So here's some shower gel. You know, it's like, you know, you, you love your boyfriend or girlfriend, but you, you know, instead of waiting till you're married to engage in a physical sexual activity, you just want to have that relationship now. And so, you know, it's not that it's a bad thing, but it's not the right thing at this time. And so there's a little shower gel in there. You know, just because it's not the appropriate thing for the appropriate time, unlike M&Ms that are. And then there's other things that you do. Maybe, you know, just addictive problems. You have drug habits, so we'll throw some Ajax in there. (laughs) And you're all sitting there thinking, this is bad decision, right? This is something I, I don't want to do. But you see, this is what we do with our lives. We we add these kinds of things. We have these habits that become addictive. And then we try and clean them up. And so we put a little Windex in there. You know, because sometimes what we want to do is like we, we make a lot of wrong decisions and we say, I'm going to get my life cleaned up. I'm going to just stop doing all these things. But unless we fill our lives up with something good, the emptying of something bad doesn't change the direction. We, we need more than just the stopping of these things. We need to move forward in our choices. You know, Jesus talked about to his disciples, you know, where a person is possessed with the evil spirit and then he's delivered, but then they go out and they find seven spirits more evil than themselves that come back. And it's like, it's not enough to just rid your life of the bad. Wow, the thing's really starting to smell. Um, <laughs> it's probably like a little toxic or something. I'd stay away from there. If I pass out, someone resuscitate me, please. You know, it's not enough to stop the bad choices. What you have to do is make good choices that move your life forward. And and these kinds of things, we look at this and we say, this is a tragedy. This is horrific. It stinks. It's toxic. And we don't realize that our choices do that in our lives. And you don't just erase them. You don't just say, okay, stop. Okay, now everything's good. No, I still got some kind of oil in here and I still got Ajax in here and I still got shampoo in my cake mix. And what has to happen is God has to come and he has to start taking things out and we have to start moving forward. We have to kind of, okay, we can't start here. We got to maybe go backwards and empty out the bowl and we have to start rebuilding and it's a lot more work, but we have to get rid of this and allow God to build something else. And we don't recognize that the power of our choices is just like what we do here with the building of a cake. The things you build your life on, they they aren't an erasable chalkboard. And this chalkboard doesn't erase real easy. When you add that habit or that addiction to your life, you don't just go up later and erase it. How many times people who have been addicted to pornography or something and they just say, okay, this is bad, but they find it's a habit in their life that is just ongoing and ongoing and then they get married and that habit continues and it's not like I can just erase it. I've got this habit in my mind and I've got this pattern of life that's gone on. person has a, a drinking problem 
where they abuse alcohol. And it's not just that, well, it's just a problem. I'm just going to get rid of it. No, it's something that's been a part of your life. And now it's brought about uh, damage in the relationship between you and your spouse and you and your kids. And it's something that you have to live with. And you have to deal with those things. As I was taking this ACE test and they're asking these questions, you know, they're asking questions and it's like, oh, wow. Okay, yeah, I guess that happened. Oh, wow, I guess that's happened. And then you start seeing that there's a lot of things, not only have I done, but things that have been done to me. See, there have been other people who have added stuff into my cake mix that I now have to deal with. You see, that's where, again, there is the grace of God, where the grace of God says, hey, give me that bowl. Okay, let, let's see what we can do here. Okay, go get me a strainer. No, never mind that. Just go get me a new bowl. Get me a new bowl, and let's, let's build on something new. And let's take your life where it is now and move it forward. And see, here is... I want to leave you with hope. I want to leave you with the idea that you're not stuck. Whatever has happened and wherever you are, you're not stuck there. Because just as you've made bad choices that have caused damage to your life and to the relationships you are in, right where you're at, you can make choices that can lead to better things in your life that you can make the right choice, that you can make a choice to be forgiving and not be embittered. And that choice to bring forgiveness into your relationships can change everything, not just in the relationship, but in you. It can actually produce life again in you. And you can make the choice not to continue in that habit or addiction. And that will bring about health in the relationships around you. And more importantly, it'll bring about life in you. Those decisions from this day forward, you get the opportunity, no more than that, the privilege, more than that, the responsibility to reflect the image of God in the things that you do. And it will bring life to you and to those around you just by the decisions you make. It's amazing. It's powerful. You know, about six months ago or so, when I was at the Terra Nova, the kind of retreat, there was a challenge that Dave Arcos made to the whole group. And I, I think it was, I don't know if it was Michelangelo or Rembrandt, it was some artist, said that the most difficult thing was staring at the blank canvas. Because when he saw a blank canvas, it could be anything. And the idea of it being anything was just imposing to him. And you see, your life can be anything. It's imposing. And he said the most difficult thing was the first stroke. Making that first stroke and saying, this is what I've chosen to do. 
This is the life I'm choosing to live. And so we were challenged. What is something that you desire? He kind of tricked us. He said, what is something that you really want to see take place? And one of the things I desired and wanted to see take place was I wanted to see a community begin down in La Paz. I wanted to see a church develop there with these people who I had been in contact with. So I thought, oh, that'd be great. I'd like to see that. Yeah, that's, that's the desire I have. And then he says, okay, that's your canvas. Now make the stroke. Go and do something that's going to make that a reality. And now it's like, oh no, I got to do something. I have to actually put the paint on the canvas. I actually have to make that first stroke. I have to make the choice to do something in the direction of what I want to see take place. And so I did. He says, I'm challenging all of you to make that first stroke. So I did. I called the people down there. We Skyped. And I wanted to do a conference down there. Got together with them. Wanting to, just talking with them. And guess what? They started at their own church. They started their own community. And it's like, wow. I, I took a stroke and something actually happened. And it's something I actually wanted to happen. And now it's kind of like, well, that's kind of cool. That's kind of amazing that I could make a choice and see it have an effect to that degree. And so I'm going to challenge you here tonight. What do you want to bake? What do you want to paint? What life do you want to live? What is the desire you want to say take place in the hope that God has for you? What do you want to see in your life? And then I want to challenge you. What is a decision and a choice you have to make to see that take place? Maybe it's to change a direction. Maybe it's to stop a, a habit. Maybe it's to change a, a career path. Maybe it's to be more involved with someone or with a situation. What do you have to do to make the life that you desire a reality? Because I got to tell you, your ability to choose is what gives you the identity and the image of God. It was given to us at the beginning of creation. We are able to create the future that we see and have the heart of our creator. That's what we are able to do in changing the world around us. That is what's entrusted to each of us. And so, the image of God. What are you going to build your life on? You're going to continue in the forgiveness. You're going to continue in the generosity. You're going to continue adding the truthfulness. And what happens when you add the other things, the bitterness, the dishonesty, the bad decisions, the bad habits? You end up with this. God will take you right here. But God wants you to live somewhere else. And it's up to us and the choices we make to see that come to fruition. Let's pray.
Father, there are so many decisions I have made that have been bad. There are so many things that I have done that I cannot take back. But Lord, you take me right where I am. And right here, Father, you are able to work in my life to start recreating me. And even all the junk that has happened, you are able to work as a benefit for me. I may walk with a limp. I may have to deal with emotional scars. I may have to deal with problem relationships because of these decisions, but I am not stuck. You are able to take us from where we are. It is your grace, Lord, that pushes us to the hope that you have for each one of us. And Lord, I pray for all of us who are here tonight, Lord, who are struggling with choices that we've made. We're we're struggling with the decisions that we are living with daily that haunt us. And we feel that our, our cake is poisoned and it's no good and we can't get out of it. And Lord, I pray that you would bring healing and you would bring restoration, Father, that you would allow us to move from where we are here to make good choices to build the life that we want, the life that you would hope for. God, and it would begin with those choices. The choice to engage in conversation, the choice to ask forgiveness, the choice to put down or or turn away from the addiction, the choice to turn towards you. Lord, may we make those choices and see the consequences of them in our lives. I pray these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.